What's up? Nothing much. How you doing? Random story. So yeah, I went on a date a couple uh, couple days ago. Okay. And uh, this is like the most bougie first world problem. Uh, me and me and the in this woman who's very uh, I like her. She's uh, we have the same credit card. Okay. So we both we both put our credit card down, right? Yeah. And uh, I like because this has happened to me before. Um, where they go and they've swiped my credit card twice. So one time I went out to this expensive ass dinner years ago on a date, mm. and then I got my credit card bill. And I was like, they swiped my card twice. Oh, no. um, so I'm usually good about looking at the um, the receipt and seeing my name and only signing my name. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't look at this time was that they didn't give me back my credit card, mm. or like they wrapped my credit card in the other receipt or whatever. So yesterday I'm at a dinner. And I like look down at the receipt and I see her name. Oh, so I've had her credit card all week. Going to jail, B. So they gonna fry you, B. Wow. <laughs> so I know this is federal. Um, so I text her and I'm like, "Hey, you just bought a sixty dollar dinner." Um, <laughs> like, but uh, so like I look at my my like statement and like. She like bought a salad and a coffee. Um, and then I'm like thinking the whole time, like, what else did I put on this credit card? What else did I put on this credit card? So it was only food. Yeah. Thank um, you. and I like I like I like jokes. I was like, good thing I didn't go to a strip club this week. Um silence. But then oh. she laughed. So she was calling the cops. <laughs> moral moral of the story is uh first of all. First, that's mad places that are just taking the credit card and not checking the name. Yeah, that's crazy. But they're also not asking for ID. So, you know, I, I mistakenly uh, committed credit card fraud. That's week. crazy. Um, <laughs> but she did too. So we're going down together. I got gotcha. you. Bonnie and Clive. <laughs> Welcome to Microaggressive. Two friends, two coasts, too much to talk about. BG in San Francisco. It's Jay from BK. I went back and I uh, I went to our archives and mm-hmm. I realized one of the the most uh i thought one of the most fun shows we did was when we did our vegas recap which made me think we should plan another trip simply so we could get better content for the show ah (laughs) (laughs) sounds good who's uh who's Uh, funding that one my what and i was saying who's funding who which sponsor is uh is funding that yeah yeah we will we will sell out for uh for the sponsorship but i think my my suggestion this year would be new orleans Mm. Mm. Possibly. So I went during an off uh, season, I think two years ago. And you went with the wife, right? Yeah, I went with the wife and she had some business over there. So we went. Bourbon Street is is cool. Maybe I I was just there at the wrong time, but it's just people drinking on the street. I didn't. uh, (laughs) Basically, this is the Lower East Side. Like, what's, what's the difference? Except they say weird stuff like "Come on, y'all!" And I don't know. They have po' boys and oh no, yeah, with the hurricanes, which is all sugar. It's delicious, all uh, sugar, uh, but it's all sugar, all sugar. 
2019 microaggressive trip sponsored by <laughs> To Be Determined. Sponsored by uh, JetBlue if you're you willing to have us. JetBlue. Uh, yeah, I'll go down this. I don't know if I'll do Spirit Airlines, but I would do... Oh, no. I would do a budget carrier. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't the dude get sucked out of the plane on uh, Spirit Airlines? Was that him? Oh, Am no, I making that up? Somebody got sucked Spirit, out of the plane. Spirit Airlines feels like it's the Greyhound bus of the sky. No, Spirit is the Feng Wah bus. Oh. You're aware of uh, your transportation to Boston. <laughs> What's up, Chinatown bus? Philadelphia. Shout yeah, out. Wasn't, didn't they like Feng Wah didn't have like a license for like 15 years or something? I would not be surprised at all. <laughs> That's very true. Shout out to anybody who lived in the Northeast Corridor who understands the essentialness that is the Chinatown to Chinatown bus service mm-hmm. um, that is truly a marvel. Um, oh, no, it's amazing. It is amazing. It brought down prices on all the other bus carriers, which is, you want to talk about a race to the bottom. Oh, yeah. Megabus. One dollar <laughs> rise with the Wi-Fi. Bolt Great. bus. Bolt bus. Um, I but the tried. best part, when you would drive from uh, from Boston to New York, which we did a bunch, it would always randomly stop at some like Roy Rogers in Connecticut. It's like mm-hmm. the only Roy Rogers left in the universe. The only Roy Rogers I ate the entire year was from those rides. <laughs> the only Roy Rogers that still has the fixings bar with the sneeze guard. <laughs> you know, the sneeze guard. The sneeze guard was always like too high, yeah. so like if somebody was short, they could still like cough all over the food. Sorry, not the food, the fixins. Yeah. The fixins. <laughs> With no G. Didn't they take the G off? Put a little uh Yeah. <laughs> it's like somebody owns a trademark to fixing, so they had to be fixing. Mm. Yeah, man. Shout out to uh to back in the day. But anyway, we will not be taking uh the Chinatown bus to New Orleans. <laughs> nah, we made it. But we will gladly we will gladly go to New Orleans this year. What, what Have you that? been to New Orleans? I've been to New Orleans multiple times. The last time I was in New Orleans was with my mother, which was an interesting experience. Uh, yeah, I, for for Christmas one year, I like I was like, "Hey, right, I'm gonna take you to Jazz Fest." So went to Jazz Fest, and um, going to a place that's like all about debauchery and like being stupid with your mother is just like a really weird like thing in your brain. It can't it can't like. <laughs> My mom is like drinking hurricanes on the street, yeah, getting like weird. the double, and I'm like, "No, <laughs> what are you doing?" Uh, yeah, but New Orleans was, um, according to my family history, which as I'm learning is half bullshit. But apparently, uh, my grandparents—that was the first place they came uh, in the country when they came to America. Oh, that's cool. They that's cool. Came through New Orleans and worked down there in the South for a little bit, and my grandfather, being the feisty. Uh, uh, Latino Caribbean man he is uh, did not take kindly to being told to go through the back door mm-hmm. and learn <laughs> really quickly he should probably get out of the south <laughs> so that is how we ended up in New York <laughs> my um, dad tells a story oh man my dad so he told me one story and it reminds me of that story you just told uh, he went from Brooklyn New York to the south I want to say Alabama but I'd have to confirm that. And um, he was from the Caribbean. So he was, wasn't used to racism the way it is here in the United States. And he was also from the East when he came here. So he was used to that too. And he went down uh, South and my dad has like, uh, he's, he's Trinidadian. So he has like a little bit of straightness in his hair. And he went down there and I think there was a soda jerk who told him 
he couldn't come right up to the counter to order his drink. And my dad has never had anybody talk to him um, in a derogatory way before. So he starts cursing out this guy. And then the friend he's with pulls him aside and he's like, oh, you don't, you don't want to do this kind of stuff down here. Like in the wrong place to mouth off to these people. And my dad's just like, F that. And he takes his money, throws it at the guy. And he's like, F you and F your store. And then he walks out and he gets home. Um, luckily alive, obviously alive because I'm here now. But uh, my dad was a guy who did not take shit from anybody for anything. It sounds like you had the same situation going on running through your blood. So, yeah. And, you know, this hopefully we won't lose all our southern visitors, uh, visitors, Why? listeners. But, um, Why were you about to say? No, because I'm about to go on a rant. Um, um, okay. <laughs> If you are if you are a fan of the South, you might want to turn your radio off. In anticipation no, of our visit. Um, Here it goes. Anticipation of our visit. But every time I go to the South, man, like I got a trip to Atlanta coming up and um I'm just gonna put it out there. I don't love Atlanta. Like I don't know. Something okay. about it. Um Why? I don't know. It's like it's supposed to be like all the, it's like a lot of black wealth down there. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of, um, but it's just a lot of history, man. And every time you go to the South, I think there's just something running through it where like black people and white people still have this like weirdness where they just walk on eggshells around each other. Mm-hmm. It's like black people still are like weirdly subservient or like mm-hmm. the way they talk to white people. It's like, it's like everybody's trying to be nice because they know they're supposed to be. And I think mm-hmm. deep down in their heart, they know they want to be, mm-hmm. but they still don't know how to like deal with the fact that like this whole thing was like built on some fucked up like premise and like the Atlanta was the capital of the Confederacy. <laughs> you know, it's like, it was just like really ingrained in some of the South. And I think, yeah, the new South is, you know, progressive and all this stuff, but it's just, it's just ingrained in that pride of the South and Every time I go down there, man, I just, I just feel it. So I think when I go down south, it's always with my family, um, and they have like a farm there somewhere, and I've been there as a kid, and it's just us. So just being in our communities, I guess, it's cool for me. It's relaxing. I forget that people walk that slow and hold the doors for you and let you pass in front of them on you and on the street. Like stop at the stop sign and talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like what I told you my best experience was um I was in North Carolina at a uh, a Chick Fil A, and the guy opened the door. Um, you know all of the Chick Fil A stuff. They refilled the drink. Um, I was with this girl I was talking to at the time. They opened the door for her, and um, just like real charming, laid back sort of atmosphere. And then you come back to New York, and then you have like a two to three day <laughs> <laughs> like retraining. Where you realize you can't walk slow because you're going to get knocked over. You're going to get cursed out. Um, and you just uh, come back to this world. But it's good to go there every once in a while and just slow things down. I think about when you go to the Caribbean, everything is a little slower. People take their time a little bit more. Um, it's that for the United States. But I get what you're talking about. Um, there's a lot of history. Um, we do see yeah. people with Confederate flags in the back of their their. Uh, f-150s yeah. like it ain't like it ain't nothing you know yeah just like it's all good but yeah you know i'm gonna say you just had a chick-fil-a experience that had nothing to do with the south that's just chick-fil-a it could have been but it was magical um and that was <laughs> yeah, the first one i went to shout out to chick-fil-a we do not i do not support your politics but your chicken sandwiches 
Uh, your chicken's a little salty in New York. You got to work on that in New York. That special sauce, oh, though. Shout out to that. Um, we are really, really pimping ourselves hard for a sponsorship. <laughs> this would be the last podcast Chick-fil-A will have a sponsor. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like two urban black dudes. <laughs> I, could, I could see the marketing department now. I was like, black people do love chicken, <laughs> but they talk about uh, a lot of risque stuff. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I think I'm I'm past that chicken point that I can eat chicken in front of people. I uh, told you I brought jerk to chicken to my job. Oh, and they uh, they loved it. Yeah, like you brought so, it for other people. Um, I had to. We had one of those potlucks, and I'd been <laughs> not showing up to them <laughs> the last the first three. I was just like, oh, I have something else to do, and I just kind of went home and uh, did my own thing. But the fourth time, they were like, okay, can you finally bring something? So I went and got jerk chicken, and I brought it. And it was a hit. I was uh, surprised because I thought it would um, put these guys out of commission with the spiciness, you know, the whole <laughs> the whole translation. Um, <laughs> Is there salt and pepper in this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't front though. I can't handle spice anymore, man. Nah, you just you just fight that, yeah. Because I never I never had that problem. Also, when people say, "Oh, it's spicy going in and coming out," I never had that problem either. So I just never got it. Um, <laughs> We are definitely not getting any sponsorships right now. We're going to get a sponsorship from Xlax. <laughs> now we'll get um, Cholula. They have some weak-ass sauce. They call that that, spice. that sauce is not hot, first of all. Cholula sauce? Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried that? Yeah, again, I've tried, I've tried all the hot sauces and I haven't enjoyed it. Mm. I guess. But here's the, this, this actually brings me to a topic I did want to discuss. <laughs> what that? are the things that are quote-unquote stereotypically black that you just don't do? And you like feel <laughs> like you gotta go to like remedial class. Wait, what I do have you a mean? whole long list. Give me an example. I'm trying to see where you're going. Like black people play spades. I play spades. I don't, yeah. I don't know how to play spades. Oh, really? <laughs> you see, that's that's heard, surprising. So, I heard the uh, judgment. <laughs> spades, uh, phase ten, dominoes, dominoes, uh, electric slide. Cha-cha slide, I don't care to learn. Um, that's that's a bullshit dance. Don't do it. Of course. Um, also, is the electric slide different than the cha-cha slide? The electric slide is square dancing, and I didn't know that Basically. until I was very, very, very old. And I was like, <laughs> "Is line dancing. I stop. <laughs> yeah, but we do it better, though. We do it better. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, like spades. Stuff? Like My mom played spades. I, I think I just never cared to learn. But then, like, you get older and it's like you're around a bunch of black people and they like pull out cards and like playing spades. I'm like, oh, I was supposed to learn this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What else is there? God, I can't think of like core, core things. Um, So, like, you saw that article, I think I sent it to you, it was in the New York Times about um, these black social clubs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I heard about that. What What are your feelings on that? Would you join a black so, men's social club? The one that you sent me and I was reading that and you have like the um, the password or whatever you have to do to get inside. It just felt a little too exclusive, mm-hmm. I think is the word. First off, let me let me say I'm not even a social person. Um, we know. So that's we one know. reason why I wouldn't do this whole thing with joining that membership. I think that'll be... That'll be the <laughs> that has been established multiple times on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think I need to stress it because I'm obviously biased. But the idea of just going to a place that's like a secret club just to hang around with some dudes uh, doesn't really appeal to me. I think in this day and age, um, I just feel like it's 
it's exclusionary. Like if you want to meet up with somebody, you just meet up wherever you want. If there's a bar up the street that you guys like, just go there and do that. But I don't get the need for a clubhouse. Feels to me like something I would have did when I was a lot younger. But I get maybe some guys who need to get out of the house, who need some male bonding. <laughs> they can go, but it's not for me. What about you? Yeah, it, it's the same. So I think the whole concept of like country clubs and I understand a, a community space, yeah. but when you create the whole part of creating community is defining it in such that there's people you exclude. Yeah, that's true. So when you're like, hey, you have to be a member of this thing, yeah. you're automatically saying there are people that aren't members. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just something that I personally don't don't uh, subscribe to, particularly when it comes to exclusive spaces where you define it so narrowly, right? So mm -hmm. country clubs are typically defined by social status, like yeah, sure. how much money you have. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is going to be a version based on race. Mm -hmm. But anything that- And money, and money. And money. And that's the thing about this, right? It gave me like chills of um, like Jack and Jill and all the oh, like- I was just about to say that too. Wow. All the yeah. exclusive like people of color shit um, where I think- <laughs> My whole thing is, yo, like, I want to go where I want to go. And I want people to feel comfortable everywhere. I would rather just, like, be part of whatever other space and make them comfortable with me being there. It's like, no, we're going to talk about hip-hop today. And, like, I'm going to bring my boy. And I don't necessarily need a, a bar full of black people. I want black people to feel comfortable going to the, to the other bar. Yeah, right? yeah. So, to me, it's like, if I'm going to put my energy behind something... I'm going to put my energy behind taking up space in the rest of the world Public rather space. than trying to carve out yeah. my little space. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but I get it. Like, it's that's a lot of work, right, to be the only one. But I feel like that's been, like, most of my life, <laughs> usually the only one. I'm like, yeah, I'm here. Can't, can't act like you don't see me. I stand <laughs> out. True. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the whole, like, Jack and Jill and, like, exclusive people of color shit and even – black fraternities, sororities, and it's nice to have a community, but it just becomes, it's, uh, this is my sociology major coming out, in-group, out-group. When you're excluded, you create your own in-group, and then that creates another out-group, and then they create an in-group, and it creates another out-group, and it just ends up being fucked up. That's why you got to create your own personal in-group, and then everybody else is the out-group. <laughs> <laughs> then you're beating You'll be good. Hate everybody is the lesson <laughs> from Microaggressive, the podcast. Mm, that's a title. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to try and get those sponsorships. But, but speaking of the, so the reason we talked about New Orleans, so I was saying earlier, went back to the archives of the shows that will never be released. And I think one of our best episodes where we did the recap of uh, our Las Vegas trip, mm -hmm. um, which made me think about uh what what our next trip would be and new orleans feels mm -hmm. feels in in the same vein as as vegas uh, so we have to go at the right time though yeah but i don't want to go in the middle of summer is too hot <laughs> it's like straight up i'm sorry you go to somebody else's spot like that was too hot it's like going to uh europe do y'all speak english can y'all Help me out and make me more comfortable in your spot that you grew up in. <laughs> Thank you. 
Like where's McDonald's? <laughs> you know, in um in France they have this what is the name of the sandwich? It is some sandwich you were thinking of, you were talking about things that black people um are associated with that you might not necessarily do. Um I don't know where the mayonnaise rumor came from. A lot of people no. I know eat mayonnaise. I eat mayonnaise. I, I hate mayonnaise. Really? I I hate mayonnaise. Why? It is disgusting. Even like the corner store bodega mayonnaise? Got a little sweetness to it? Especially the corner store bodega. First of all, we, we, we already talked about getting food from the corner store too many times. <laughs> um, and I'm always a fan. I'm always pro. I cannot stand it. I went through one small phase of life where for some reason I did not hate mayo. And then one day I had it and like I almost threw up again. Mm. It's Yeah. First of all, the fact that everyone just slathers the shit all over your sandwich, mm. like just like glops of it. Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I'll get, I will get hyped over this. I also so I realize t- I re- I don't like white condiments and I don't think it's a race thing. <laughs> so you don't like salt? <laughs> salt. You're not a fan of sugar, my dude. <laughs> uh, nah, I don't like cream cheese. Uh-huh. I don't like uh, I don't like uh, mayo. I don't. I think it's like the the texture, the consistency is just oh. So let me just connect that so I just so you know why I'm coming. By the to way, there's science. There's science that proves that my my theory is correct and all everybody else is wrong. That proves that those textures are that you less... everyone should hate mayo. Why? Because evolutionarily, uh-huh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and sound smart. Okay. Evolutionarily, uh, where we like built up things that like disgust us mm-hmm. to save us, right? So it's like yeah. the smell of fecal matter right it's like mm-hmm. it's like universally disgusting because mm-hmm. it would make us sick well, it's not universal but uh yeah <laughs> that dark web will uh prove you wrong real quick anyway. again we are trying to we are trying to make the money off of this show uh colgate and uh other <laughs> <laughs> sponsors uh, the scatological episode <laughs> um no nah, so if you think about the consistency of like yeah. mayo it's kind of mm-hmm. like oh no like like a wound, like ugh. oh, like pus. Yeah. So the whole way, <laughs> the whole uh, roundabout way I got to the whole topic of mayonnaise was because you were talking about um, traveling around. I was thinking about France, and I went to France, and they had this version of a, I think it was their version of a Big Mac or a, their deluxe burger, and they put this white stuff, and I guess it was mayonnaise, but it was a little too liquidy. I don't know. I, I don't know. But whatever feeling you're trying to describe right right now is what I felt when I had that burger. I had to throw the whole thing in the trash. I didn't trust uh, French McDonald's hamburgers, and I didn't have a hamburger. I think there the whole time. Um, that's how I got the mayonnaise. I love mayonnaise. I think mayonnaise is delicious. Um, I put it in a lot of stuff, and I never got why people say that that's something that black people don't like to eat. Because we have like potato salad and all that shit, and you put mayonnaise all in it. Yo, put up a make a potato salad with like some like oil, like and some salt and some pepper and some seasoning. Why do you have to glop it with the fucking mayo? It's disgusting. It's not potato salad. That's uh, oily potatoes. That's it's a completely different meal. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong recipe. Wrong dish. Nah, I think it's mayonnaise is good. good. Mayonnaise is not good. I consider myself a very open-minded person, but I'm just not budging on this. So, do you like uh, Thousand Island? No. But here's Same the thing. thing. Creamy, here's the thing. Creamy. Like, like yeah. Shake Shack and all those places, they put the yeah. little secret sauce. I know what's in there. 
I know it. So you can't even taste it, even if it's mixed with something else. I could taste a little bit, but like that's the thing. Like even coleslaw, like whenever I, I'm like, yo, tell me about this coleslaw. Uh, I don't like, eat coleslaw from anybody. Anybody. That's a fact. <laughs> that's a weird. That's a that's a weird hill to die on. Like I look at I look at coleslaw the way you're describing the mayonnaise because it just seems wrong in that meal. It's a salad with mayonnaise in it. Um, so I don't. You like just it. you just talked about potato salad. No potato potato salad is potatoes and mayonnaise. <laughs> That's it has the word salad in it. <laughs> uh, but the dish is good when it's made. Good, right. sir. Good, sir. <laughs> Your logic is flawed. <laughs> Coleslaw is garbage. Potato salad can be okay if the right person's making it. Mayonnaise is garbage. Make a German style potato salad without mayo and we're good. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Yo, our cookout is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, do you drink milk and uh, cream? I do not drink milk. When's the last time you had milk? Like by yourself? What? Like just have a glass of milk? Oh, by itself. I thought you by yourself. <laughs> like how else are you drinking milk? Yeah. It's not a good yeah, I, I come home after a hard day at work, just pour out a glass of milk. <laughs> nice tall one. But yeah, when was the last time you had a glass of milk? Like single digit age. Shit. Wow. Yeah. It's funny though, because like I like ice cream. I'll put milk in recipes. Like I'll make mac and cheese. You know, do other things. Like, but yo, a glass of milk. We because we are the only species that is still drinking milk in adulthood. Yeah, and eighty percent of people end up having a lactose intolerance or developing some intolerance. Yo, most eventually. black people are mo- black. Historically, black people have mostly been lactose intolerant. Yeah, I think it's like 85%. I think way back you were mentioning how the uh, the KKK dudes were drinking gallons of milk to prove that they had better genetics because they could pout, punch out, shut down, excuse me, yeah. gallons of milk. It's <laughs> thing I've heard in a while. Yeah. So, so yeah, I do. So, so like, I won't, I won't drink, I won't like come home and drink a glass of milk. What is this? <laughs> how old am I? Um, uh, but I, yeah, I won't do cream cheese. I think. People are like, yo, what do you put on your bagel? I'm like, yo, put anything else, like butter or like, mm-hmm. um, uh, I won't do cottage cheese is disgusting. Talk about something else oh, yeah, that like yeah, reminds you of other stuff. Disgusting. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of white people are like, what about an aioli? I'm like, aioli is just fancy ass mayo. Mm-hmm. Stop, <laughs> stop trying to be, stop calling Target Target. <laughs> I see what you're trying to do there. Um. Yeah, man. I I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't like to call myself a picky eater. I'm just very particular. <laughs> Got it. Don't be. Don't be hitting. Don't be hitting me with the like secret condiments and ruining my meal. <laughs> Ask. Ask before you just put that shit all over my sandwich. And people are like, yo, but then your sandwich is dry. It's like not if you, not if you do it right. You know what I mean? So <laughs> put a nice sun dried tomato spread. Talking pesto. <laughs> put anything <laughs> else. Yeah. Some oil and vinegar. You were passionate about this topic. <laughs> Yo, because it is just this like assumption that like everyone yeah. likes mayo. Mm. So wait, what do you put on salads? No Caesar salad, no uh, Caesar dressing? <sighs> so, oil and vinegar. Again, it, it's, like, it's like coleslaw for me. It's like, is it like if you only see white <laughs> and like no green? I think you're a like, racist. <laughs> I think I'm a food racist. <laughs> And that's the title. That's the title. This feels like a bad episode of like uh, Maury or Jerry Springer or like Jenny Jones. Was it Jenny Jones? Was 
Yeah, Jenny uh, Jones, yeah. Jenny Jones, yeah. Shout out to the really horrible talk shows of the 80s and 90s. Ricky Lake. Uh, Ricky Lake. Tyra Banks. That was Ricky Lake was trying to, she was pandering to black folk. Oh, yeah. Latino yeah, yeah, folks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like her version of Arsenio Hall with like mm-hmm. the like, but now we just got like Wendy Williams and shit. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that Mayo rant really took me off course there. I it was, did. Uh, I, I was a little jarred. I <laughs> like a jar of disgusting fucking mayo. <laughs> oh, did you hear about the um? You know what? You know what's gonna happen? You're just to spite me. You're gonna get a sponsorship from like Hellman's of Best Foods. <laughs> a miracle paying? Whip. <laughs> we'll take it. Whoever's paying. Um, there was this guy. Did you hear about this billionaire who ended up dying while trying to have a penile enlargement surgery did you hear about that you know what you know what your penile enlargement is when you're a billionaire your checkbook i know (laughs) i know why are you doing this to yourself they said the guy was always consumed with the way that he looked so he always wanted to make sure that he was tall he would measure himself a lot um height wise height wise uh, (laughs) he ended up having this procedure and whatever they were injecting into him uh went straight to his heart and had a heart attack and died billionaire in the uh diamond industry so, okay, first of all, hmm. okay, you're a billionaire in, in the diamond, diamond industry. industry, and you think you needed a wow, man, that's yeah, yeah. wow. People do crazy things. It's like putting mayo on a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I think mayonnaise needs to be the title of this, uh, the mayo episode. No, yeah, oh, I, w- I would not go back and listen to this episode, tribute it. <laughs> I would be I would be like mentally scarred from listening to this episode. Mm. Uh, yeah, the uh, back to the thing about bougie black people. Uh, oh yeah, forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, back uh, to the original topic. Back to the original topic. Uh, yeah, I think that we were talking about this a few weeks ago. Like the whole like black owned businesses, and at the end of the day. It makes sense when you when you have to create a society when you have to create your your own society you have to create infrastructure when you're excluded from other infrastructure. Yeah, true, true. But to me, hopefully, you're moving more toward not having to have separate systems. Right? It isn't separate but equal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, where I get like we talked about this when it comes to schools, right? Like they did some study I was reading, like. The amount of money that like predominantly white public schools have is like billions and billions and billions of dollars more than the money that predominantly like black and Latino public schools have. Um, and you know, this is like when everyone's like, Oh, I can't raise my kid here, I'm gonna move to the suburbs, right? Yeah, and yeah. um, so yeah, it ends up going back to the separate but equal, but it's never equal, it's just separate. Mm-hmm. And so why would you perpetuate it by creating your own space that is going to starve itself of resources instead of just like fight for the resources that you should be getting. Yeah. So I, I don't know, perhaps an unpopular opinion around, uh, amongst some black folk, but um, they also probably wouldn't let me into the damn club. So. <laughs> yeah. As a business, I would want to see it thrived as a uh, black owned business, but it's not for me, but I could see people who it would be suitable for. Um, I'm just but that like, just becomes so narrow. It's just like, cool, you black, I'm black, cool. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when we were in high school, um, 
you know, we've talked about the uh, the the affinity groups, mm. and you know, there was like the <laughs> uh, black and Latino um, uh, affinity group at our high school, and I think this is when you and I actually bonded uh, when we went to one of the meetings, and like, what was it? Like once a month, they would have a quote unquote open meeting, yeah, yeah, where anyone could come. So this is, I guess, the allies, as as they're called now. Um, and it was this one meeting where this uh, this white woman came. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember specifically, she was an immigrant. Mm-hmm. Um, and in many ways, like, experienced a lot of the same things in this private school that a lot of the people of color did. Yeah. Not understanding, you know, that society, et cetera. Yeah. And I remember the week after the open meeting, um, by the way, which is such bullshit to begin with. Um, the topic of conversation was, how did y'all feel about that girl coming to the meeting and taking over? Mm-hmm. And I remember like looking at you and <laughs> being like, what? Yeah. It's like, we come here every week and no one says shit. Yeah. And people just bullshit. And then like she comes and she's bringing up good topics and we have a good conversation. But because she was white, all of a sudden it was a, it was a big deal. It was like, she brought up more valid shit than all you Jack and Joe motherfuckers did in all this time we've been here. Yeah, a lot of uh, Jack yeah. and Joe going on there. And it just it just turned me off to the whole point of the affinity group. It's like, why am I here? Am I here just because I'm black? Because um, I actually don't like most of you. Like, <laughs> I don't relate to most of you other than the yeah, fact yeah. that we all have dark skin. Mm. And don't get me wrong. Like, I, I've been part of affinity groups in my professional career from time to time. But I only connect with people I actually connect with. And then if they happen to be a person of color, great. We have something else to connect with. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because we're people of color, do not assume that I like you. That's true. That's true. Like that, that is true equality. I want to reach a point where I could just hate everybody. Now, what did I say at the beginning of this podcast? Create your own little, <laughs> your own little end group around you <laughs> with a three feet, feet uh, circumference and then Everybody else is on the outside and you bring them in when you want to and you kick them out when you want to. Yeah. And I'm joking. I don't want to hate everybody. I want to, I want to not have to default root for people I thought I just because of something. <laughs> I hear you. And I remember that. I do remember that. I remember that the um, leader of that group came off militant as hell and I met her husband. Militant. Yeah. Militant. Her husband is like, who was that guy from Saturday Night Live? Um, I remember. Stuart Smiley. Yeah. Stuart Smalley. Yeah. Smiley. <laughs> that was so, wow. My yeah. mind was blown and I was like, all right, you're, you're on some bull. And I can't. It's performance. I can't respect it's performance. Like, who yeah. are you doing this for? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I got to prove my blackness. It's like, yo, I don't play spades. I'm good. I still think I'm really black. Like, I don't care. If, I don't care if like, I go to the spades game and people are like, yo, whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. You should learn that game. It's a fun game. You should <laughs> It is legitimately fun. All right. So my 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 to do this week: learn spades, <laughs> perfect the electric slide. Um, I was not bullshit my way. <laughs> I could bullshit my way through the electric slide. Yeah, but then you got to put some flair on it. You got to do a little bend down and touch the floor on the spin. A little, oh man, I got a bad knee. Thing. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> not trying to keep up with these young boys. <laughs> The episodes are getting more and more random. Oh, this one's random as shit. Um, we're definitely not making any sense, but we are, if you think. We are. We are. 
Uh, what did we learn this week? What did we learn this week? We learned that um, <laughs> mayonnaise is mayonnaise to some is people disgusting. <laughs> to some people, um, we, we should end it there. We should end it that mayonnaise <laughs> is disgusting. There's only one lesson to take away from this week. Yeah. Um, all right, before we get to the lesson of the week, what is the playlist of the week? Uh shoot. I'm you can no longer listen to Michael Jackson. Related. But um wait, wait, now nah, let's talk about that. No, we can no longer listen to Michael Jackson. So uh all right. All right. <laughs> Go ahead, talk about it. Talk about nah, it. Nah, because it's gonna be a whole can of worms. So I was nah. really like anti um Michael Jackson. I was in the the court of public opinion when the whole um charges started coming up back in like the nineties or whatever, and then even up until this documentary, I'm still like, damn, that documentary was crazy. This stuff is serious. Um, people should be against this dude if it's true. And then I heard stories about how one of the guys in the documentary, they ended up um, doing a search warrant on his computer. And right before he came up with these uh, charges that he was doing against uh, Michael Jackson, he was Googling, how much money can I make? He was Googling the history of the other cases. He was doing a lot of research before he made his accusations. And he changed his story. And this is as an adult. I always thought it was when he was a kid because they were saying that he denied everything during his childhood. I said that that made sense because you can convince a kid not to talk about something if you had to. Kids will believe who they trust. Um, but this guy had rewritten the story and had like four different versions of it every time he told it. And this was as an adult or as an older person who I feel like is old enough to know right from wrong. So those things made the water a little murky and it made me doubt what I saw in that uh, Neverland documentary. And that's probably the first real time I felt like my decision was swayed about that whole thing. That's how I felt. So I feel, I feel like there's opportunistic people out there. Yeah. Regardless. Mm -hmm. It's just like, there's enough circumstantial evidence that but just, that's the thing, is there? Why did, but why did he? Why did he put himself in that situation? Like, so that's the other obviously thing. had mental health yeah, issues and yeah, like, and whatever. I think but that's it's just what like forget. It's like my man, like just, and then the people around him, just like, just tell him to stop inviting little kids over for sleepovers. You're a grown yeah, ass his man. Mom just allegedly, stop. she would uh, get on him about that a lot. And like I said, you're the number one person in the world at what you do. You'd be amazed at how many people will let you do anything you want to do. Because they want you to keep on doing what you're doing and they just want to be around you and in your presence, they'll allow a lot of stuff to happen. And um, that was him. Definitely psychological problems. Definitely way too trusting. Definitely um, emotionally stunted. He was not thinking as the average adult male. And um, yeah, it's a, I would, so I would I read think, a psychological so book about a psychological profile on Michael Jackson. I think that would be a good book. Just so I think, I think it's just enough gray area that like, I don't want to, I don't want to play in that gray area. You know what I mean? It's like, I can't see the bottom. I can't see the bottom of this pool. I'm not going to get in. Okay. So that means you're not going to play music. I mean, I think it's different with R. Kelly who's accused of doing horrible sexual things mm -hmm. and his music is all sexual. Okay. I think Michael Jackson's music, maybe I won't listen to PYT. I don't know. Say. <laughs> like, <laughs> about to say. Uh, oh, man, okay. Yeah, I'm this logic is falling apart. I know. 
it's just you really want to vamp it's, music. There's a lot of people you can't listen to anymore. I know, but here's the thing, right? It's like I can't un, you can't put a toothpaste back in a tube. Mm. What's up, Colgate? Um, it's like it's hard for me to listen to Michael Jackson or say the name Michael Jackson without thinking about all this other stuff. So mm-hmm. it takes away some of the enjoyment. I can't mm-hmm. just have the pure joy anymore. It's like that's how I don't know how people can watch Woody Allen movies. It's just like yeah, I hear Woody Allen, I think like oh man, do I can do some weird like it's just. It is what it is now. So yeah, I'm like, I'm probably not gonna crave it the way I used to. Um, but like, be like, damn, that was a good baseline. Like, it is what it is. But it's also gonna be like, oh, Michael Jackson. It's like, it's like the train of thought, uh, the the tra- stream of consciousness now around Michael Jackson and anything that triggers Michael Jackson. Same with R. Kelly. Same with once you learn anything about somebody, it's just like you start thinking about that thing. Yeah, I hear you. So there's like. Why, if I don't want to be in a space where I'm thinking about that thing, why would I seek out that music if I know it's going to trigger it? I hear you. But if it comes on and I'm able to just be like, damn, that was a weird dude, but this song is actually right. Like, you just have to, like, you just have to, like, you can't ignore it anymore. And that's what I'm saying. You can't fight the rhythm? Is that what you would say? (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Well done. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. So that's why I'm like, I'm not actively going to put a Michael Jackson playlist together because it's just going to be like... Yeah, he doesn't have to be on Oh, yeah. He was on the one last week. He was on anyway. last week's. See, yeah. he's good so for a that's my months. feeling about Mr. MJ. I hear you. Uh, what, is a, what is a good springtime playlist? What is good springtime, like, inspirational? The sun is coming out. We just lost an hour of sleep for this stupidness. Um, but good springtime inspiration. Um, I can think of a uh, Frankie Beverly and Maze. Was that just Maze? Golden Time of Who? Day. Golden Time of Day. Okay. Yeah, oh, maybe one. it should. Oh, maybe this should be the Time playlist. Okay. Not not the band, the Time. <laughs> no, we could put them on. But they could go on too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Seasons change. Uh, I like that. Lovely, song. lovely day. All right. Bill Withers. Seasons change. Uh. Uh, yeah, everything, uh, this playlist, this week's playlist will be about, uh, about time. Hmm. Okay. I can work with yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be, that'll be good. All right. Now we can go back to the lesson of the day. Mayo is disgusting. <laughs> Exclusive clubs, uh, may not serve their intended purpose the way they think they will. They did back in the day, but we're in a different place now. I feel like. But I wouldn't have joined it back. Creating your so. creating a black country club is still creating a country club. That is true. That's a fact. That is true. It's a good way to sum it up. Yeah, I feel like we learned something else, but I forget now. Uh, we learned we might be going to uh, New Orleans. We learned that the life in New Orleans is not one that B would like to retire in. We learned that Chick Fil A was doing it right <laughs> down south and. That's when I first fell in love. Shout out to uh, Waffle Fries and Special Sauce. That's Waffle Fries, which, by the way, are the worst fries for you. Really? Why? Because there's more surface area for oil. Mm, makes sense. Yeah. Sorry to sorry to burst your bubble there. <laughs> but it looks so much like a potato. I feel like I'm eating a potato, and that feels healthy to me. Listen, <laughs> potato with oil. Which is what you could put in a potato salad. I was about to say. Mayo, instead <laughs> of freaking mayo. Uncooked french fry. That's what you're talking about. That's the name of that dish. It's not potato salad. 
Uh. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. Uh. All right. I'm, I feel my I feel my my anger going up now. Um. All right. We'll uh. <laughs> we'll do this again. All right. One. One.